Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. Welcome everyone to the Gaming Podcast Live and it's a sad day. It's the last episode of the Gaming Podcast Live for a few months. Um, we need a lie down in a dark room somewhere because it's it's been a few months of uh, of streaming. But um, look, as, as a complete beginner, I've really, really enjoyed myself doing this. Uh, so yeah, this is going to be a fun episode. Uh, we've got some fantastic guests to come. Um, and in the meantime, um, I'd love to introduce my favorite, favorite person in the world. It's the lovely Mia. Your favorite, favorite person in the world? On a Sunday evening. On a Sunday evening. Well, it's a Monday now, so I oh, guess shit, I'm yeah, it's, a sun, it's a Monday but, evening, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hi, Robin. How you doing? Hon? I'm you good. Doing? I'm very good. Um, I, mm-hmm. I will freely admit to the fact that I am uh, a little delicate um, as I had a, a weekend of excesses. Um, oh, really? Yeah, but I, I, having gone from a pandemic of not going out for 18 months, I went out twice in two nights. Um, and uh, That sounds like it was fun it was maybe good fun tell, yeah maybe you could tell us more about that in the weekly recap or would you like to to share now i'd love to oh it was literally it. just seeing some friends like okay not, cool. there's nothing cool, unfortunately cool, cool. there's nothing gaming related unfortunately there um well, it was uh, just you, uh, you know our recaps don't have to be gaming related there was just know? some good korean barbecue last night oh that sounds delicious oh, it was superb superb you know, anyway I, go on I was just gonna say I've I've missed going out so much, so much, and I'm I'm glad that it's kind of come back a little bit. Yeah, I mean I, I'm I'm gonna do the the sort of like the good the good Samaritan sort of thing and the good responsible citizen of uh, doing a couple of rapid tests over the next couple of days just to make sure everything's mm-hmm. all gravy um, mm-hmm. or not gravy, I suppose is the case maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's all we can do is, at the moment. But anyway, shouldn't be focusing on that. We should be focusing Happy on times. this. Our, yes. our wonderful last yeah. live podcast. And uh, just as a reminder, for those of you who are joining us live, as this is recorded live, you can interact with the podcast both here in Twitch chat and the special dedicated section over in the Gaming Magazine Discord. For those of you in chat, just uh, hit up gamingmag.com forward slash Discord yep. and join us over there. We'd love to have you there. Right? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, oh God, it's a spider. Be gone. Sorry, massive spider. <laughs> um, the uh, yes, and I just said it's uh, it's obviously our last uh, last podcast for a while. It's also the last couple of days of Digi Pride, uh, our three month long excellent thing that we've been running all summer, celebrating the wonderness of uh, queer gaming. You can head over to gamemag.com forward slash Digi Pride and find out what you've missed. Uh, to find out how you can catch up on stuff. All the panels that we've done, all the fun things uh, exist somewhere in the world, be there on gaming uh, website or on gaming's uh, YouTube or here on Twitch or, or anywhere else. Um, and you also, if you're watching the stream, if you're not, not if you're listening to the audio, because you'll be too late by then, but if you're watching the stream, get your ass over to gamemag.com forward slash competitions because you have about 24 hours left uh, to enter our competitions some fantastic ones uh, up for grabs if you live in the uk and ireland we have an xbox series s uh, and the fantastic rainbow uh, pride controller up for grabs with a couple of other bits and bobs of merch which me can't find a there you go um, I don't have a like over, <laughs> a box over there otherwise yeah you can see the old podcast for it yes it's fine. go to the website the see the, it's a picture on the website exactly um yeah. 
there's a fantastic competition on there from the key the, uh, from the lovely kiwi who we're going to be talking about on this episode uh and there's also um if you're anywhere globally in the world there's a fantastic sega competition to enter which includes a steam code for the entire sega library that is 760 odd games that are available uh to one lucky winner so head on over gamemag.com slash competitions i still can't believe that's a thing yeah but every single Sega literally game, like that's... yakuza uh everything literally anything they've done or anything mm-hmm. they publish anything that's on steam anyway because i know there's probably some Fair games point. that probably yeah you're not gonna be able to pick out. up a, a sonic that we can play on the mega drive um mm-hmm. cool mm-hmm. i think that's that's all our little catch-ups yeah and uh i guess that will lead us on directly to our uh our wonderful wonderful first guest which is the uh amazing uh I'm, I'm hope I'm saying this correctly. Bridie Daniels from Sold Out Games. Hey, <laughs> that was Hi. perfect, perfect pronunciation. <laughs> I almost had a heart attack, so I just realized I'd never actually said it out loud before. And then it's like, <laughs> oh God, don't want to mess this up. Okay. Yeah, we actually, we, we, we got caught out on the last one, didn't we? Not the last one, the one previous ones where you'd uh, raided in um, and we had a guest with a, a slightly trickier name to pronounce. And I forgot the fact oh. we hadn't done that and that you're doing the intro. And I was just sort of like sitting there going in my head. <laughs> I got oh it gosh. right. You did. Though. You did, did get it I right. Fine. You did. Um, anyway, Bridie, welcome to the Gaming Podcast live. Yeah, how are you today? Really good, living? thank you. Happy to be here. Excellent. Glad to have um, you here. So tell us what it is you do at Sold Out. So I'm a digital marketing consultant for Sold Out, um, which is a huge mishmash of things, really. Um, You know, no two days kind of look the same for me. There's a big, heavy community management element. Uh, There's a lot of influencer outreach. I do things like um, helping sort of formulate press releases and just lots of like forward facing, outward facing stuff for the company. It's a ton of fun. I'm really enjoying it. That's awesome. Yeah, um, I really love uh, just l- looking at the the list of the games you publish. I actually noticed that there is a, a couple of the games. I think my time at Porsche and Wargroove that I actually have like friends who VA in there. So I'm like, oh my god, this is so great! We actually get to talk uh, to Sold Out, and I know for a fact that they are uh, LGBTQ. So it's always wonderful to see that too. Um, how does Sold Out support its LGBTQ employees? So I wouldn't want to speak to anybody other like to anybody else's experience except my own but um Mm -hmm. honestly they just kind of they've just super accepting they let me be my pansexual self um Mm -hmm. they let me give input with regards to like the lgbt community in almost every aspect of what i do obviously i can't speak for every single member of the community um and but they are super forthcoming and understanding if i say to them for example you need to get a consultant of a certain sexuality or you need to get a consultant with experience in this area you need to get like a minority consultant or you know like a person of color or somebody like that who isn't me um and they are they're so on board they take it on board right away they're they're more than happy to defer they don't i feel like some companies maybe have like a member of the lgbt community working for them and they use them as their consultant for everybody's issues and that's definitely Mm. not on but sold out don't do that they're amazing and they listen which is wonderful that's really awesome i mean we've done a lot of work with sold out obviously over the over the past couple of years um sponsoring last year's digi pride this year's digi pride 
uh, and the gaming awards in between as well. So it's a real testament, I think, to sold out and their support of us and support of the LGBT community. And it's great to see that you're having that sort of experience inside as well. Um, obviously, you're here today to talk about the adorable Kiwi game. Um, we've covered it a few times on gaming and earlier this month or earlier this month. Yeah, earlier this month, maybe in, maybe even late July, uh, the wonderful uh, Evalicious uh, streamed a preview play uh, of the game. Um, and uh, for those of us who don't know much about it, can you describe that to us? I can indeed. Kiwi is a, a really wholesome game. It's uh, We describe it as cute and chaotic. It's um, We call it a postal puzzle adventure. Uh, you basically play as two adorable little Kiwi birds called Jeff and Deborah, and they are working in a fictional post office uh, set in a fictional place called Bungalow Basin. Uh, and while they're in the telepost office, they kind of have to navigate levers, buttons and bells, all sorts of things that aren't necessarily Kiwi sized in order to kind of get those messages sent on time. The post must go on <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, and there's a whole host of other sort of like fun characters that they kind of get to interact with, like Zoe, who is, um, she works in the Drop Off Depot and uh, she is a, an octopus. I think she's a giant Pacific octopus. Uh, there's also the cassowary couriers on screen now is Buck. He's the telepost manager kind of thing. There's one of the cassowaries dressed up for Halloween. So so yeah, it's it's a ton of fun. I think everyone's going to really like it, and you get to dress them up. What's not to love? Yeah, I was like, I was looking at that that trailer actually earlier, and for some of the uh, days leading up to Digipride as well, because I was trying to check it out. It is obviously an adorable game. What is your favorite part of the game? Like, what 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 really sells it for you? Well, I one of my favorite levels is the shipping floor level. Um, I just think it's it's a really like creative and also it it appeals to my Taipei personality a little bit because there's a lot of small moving parts to organize, which I really enjoy. Uh, and I also enjoy the fact that you get to dress your kiwis up. And we're actually um we've just sort of launched within the game a um a pride themed skin. It's called the prismatic plumage for the kiwis. Uh, so you can get rainbow colored kiwis now to show your pride in game, which is awesome and that's going to be available it's not an unlockable you'll have it the minute you get into the game which i think is great that's dope. that's awesome and it's it, they stay all year round as well yeah yeah that that skin is in the game to stay now which is wonderful brilliant um and when can people get their hands on these birds and this uh this excitement well, this is the good news. Uh, if you want to play Kiwi on Nintendo Switch or PC, the Steam version, that is going to be available tomorrow, actually. Uh, and then Kiwi's coming to Xbox and PlayStation a little bit later on, and we'll have more details of a specific date um, on that available for you soon. Wonderful. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's um just just to just to just to clarify, like it's fully you can fully customize the bird in the game, can't you? In terms of like, yeah, what they've got um. Stuff. Gosh, they've got face wear, back wear, they've got cute mm -hmm. little backpacks, different skins. You can also uh, change the... I, I don't know if Kiwis have feathers. This is something, this is a point of contention <laughs> that's come up time and time again within these discussions. Uh, is it feathers? Is it fuzz? But you can definitely make your Kiwis fluffier if you want to, mm -hmm. which is always a bonus. Um, but yeah, there's loads of different ways to dress them up and loads of... There are things that you can unlock in-game um, with stamps that you earn in-game for completing shifts oh. at the telepost, which is fun. That's absolutely dope. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, getting the rainbow kiwis and uh, taking them on a little adventure. Uh, Kirsty, thank you so much. Kirsty, Kirsty, that's not, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> Friday, thank you so much for uh, for taking for joining us and uh, taking the time to uh, talk to us about uh, kiwi and sold out games. It's been great having you. Thank you very it's not much. Not my fault. Everyone. It said it in the it said it in the thing. Was that my fault? <laughs> God damn it. Oh, that was shoot. your fault. Yeah, that's that was my your fault. fault. 
Sorry. <laughs> the finger of shame is pointing. Thank you so much. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's swinging. In, it's definitely swinging in my direction. Um, I don't mess up. Li- I don't mess up. <laughs> hmm. um, good luck with the. Uh, <laughs> good luck with the launch tomorrow, um, and uh, I hope it all goes well. Uh, and I know that people are actually going to fall in love with this game because I have already. Thank you very much, and thanks for the opportunity to speak on the podcast. It means a lot. Pleasure. Mm. Right. Have a good Bye. evening. Bye. 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 Oh. I can't believe that you threw it under the bus. God damn. Yeah, it did. Yeah, God badly. I'm afraid of the wrong name in the script, but keeps you on your toes anyway, for the last episode. Moving on. <laughs> it wouldn't be a gaming magazine uh, podcast if nothing went. It's wrong. fine. So we're, we're we're continuing how we mean to go on. And speaking of continuing, our next guest uh, returning to the gaming magazine podcast is the wonderful, fabulous. Psyche. Hello. You said my Talking name and I like, had a mini panic. I know. Because I was like, I'm about to take a sip of tea. And I was like, wait, hang on, me? What? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, though. Thank you for having me back. Oh, it's an absolute oh, pleasure. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, I am very excited to be here. I really enjoyed our chat last time. Uh, it was really, really mm. fun. Um, I've been on a couple of podcasts, but this was definitely my favorite. So it was, oh. it's just nice to be I say that's all saying. the podcast. <laughs> Maybe I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was wonderful having you. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah, we'd love, love, love the conversation that we had last How time. How are you so both doing? Can... I'm tired. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I am tired. Um, there's been a lot of stuff going on and, and yeah, it's been a lot to deal with. But we'll get on to that later, mm. uh, I guess. Um, but maybe we should like stick with what we've been doing more recently with this uh, podcast's weekly recap. Absolutely. Right? Oh, yeah. Amazing link. Straight into that. And uh, all right, Robin, tell me what 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 are you, what are you, what have you been up to? What have you been up to? Um, so obviously this has been um, we've been wrapping up over the last couple of weeks. Uh, DigiPride, um, putting a bow on DigiPride. We did a fantastic um, in the interim from the last time we spoke. Um, we did a fantastic stream of um, uh, D&D. If anyone remembers the last episode, it was our D&D special. Um, was, in the, yeah. in the interim, um, there was a fantastic stream done by the wonderful people, wonderful people at Wizards. Um, and they raised a ton of money uh, for Mermaids, which is a fantastic uh, charity and a fantastic cause here in the UK and around the world. Um, and we're doing some fantastic other things as well. It's been Gamescom, which has kept us all busy. Um, we've got an exciting uh, rebrand coming for gaming in, a, in the next week or so, in about 10 days' time. Um, I didn't know about this. A rebrand? That sounds yeah. exciting. New logo, new mission cool. statement, new new a lot of things, to be honest with you. Um, there yeah, are reasons... if you just bought the uh, T-shirt, then uh, that, that's a that's <laughs> well, bad one. Did. You've got to buy a whole so new I thought, one, fuck so. it, I'll change the logo. <laughs> um <laughs> But no, so lots to happening on the on on the gaming front. DigiPride might be mm. over, uh, but there's a lot, a lot. I promise, over the next six weeks or so, um, there is massive things coming uh, with mm. gaming, and uh, we see it very much as our chapter two, volume two, whatever sort of second sort of part of the journey. Uh, we've done our gaming first mag couple 2. Of years. 0. Yeah, exactly, exactly, mm. exactly. Um, so that's that. Um, I've been playing a game as well. Can you imagine such a thing? Wait, wait. You've been playing a game? Yes, I've actually found this some time to play a game. Is that a lot? Jumped... And it's not. It's, it's, Apparently it's, not, because I haven't <laughs> touched a game for the last month or so, because I've been ridiculously busy. But 
just to clarify, yes. it's not Lego and it's not Borderlands. Is no, it? no, it's not. Wow. Although okay. I will just quickly say that from Gamescom, I was I was thrilled about the fact they finally put a deadline and a fine a release deadline, release date, same thing, I suppose, uh, on the uh, on the new Lego game. Um, nice. I genuinely thought it had died a, it had died a death and they oh, just swept yeah. it under a carpet somewhere. But um, mm. no, they dug it back out from underneath the carpet. They found it, uh, <laughs> and they and they slapped a uh, spring twenty twenty two. Uh, which is still vague and still yeah. still up for a lot of sort of changes. Um, but what can we do? So um, I mean, I'm excited about that, obviously. But no, I've been playing Ghosts of Tsushima. Oh, um, I've not and, played uh, me either. I really it, want to. But... Yeah, superb, but... superb sort of uh, feudal Japan um gameplay wonderful kind of uh some of, i think some of the best sword kind of mechanics i've played in the game um that's pretty cool. i'm gonna say ever um wow beautiful beautiful art styles as well um and uh it very sort of very japani well, sounds weird but very kind of like stylized <laughs> in, in yeah. a kind of japan okay. kind of way um a japanese kind of way and they do some fantastic little things um you know, in, in like uh, like Grand Theft Auto or in uh, Assassin's Creed or whatever, there's always this annoying arrow that shows you where you have to go, or or a mm. line on the ground or something that takes you sort of takes you out the experience. They do it with wind and leaves. Oh, that's cool. That is interesting. So it so you kind of follow where where the sort of the leaves are blowing, and that kind of directs you in the, the, the next. That's bit of really the, cool. The next bit of the that path, is, which yeah. is lovely. Um, I have no sense of direction, so I need some kind of idea of where I'm supposed to go. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's odd with games like that, because I know Assassin's Creed got uh, got away with it for so long, saying it's like a, a machine that you're going into and takes you back, so all this heads-up display mm. stuff is kind of like part of that. But like, um, it's interesting to see how they, they implement those types of things into a more period piece. Um, speaking of which, what, what, what is the narrative like? Because I don't know anything about it, so um, it's it's fighting against the Mongols. Um, you are the uh, you play as the young person of the game, um, and your uncle, who's kind of the the leader of everything, gets kidnapped by a Mongol emperor, king, 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 um, and uh, it's just kind of avenging avenging death and avenging uh, oh. a- avenging stuff it's it, i haven't played that much of it which is why i'm sort of fumbling around a little bit but mm. no it's it's literally it plays into my sort of delight of of open world sandboxy kind of games so mm. it, it I, I and you and you ride a horse which is always important in video games yes. um and it literally to me is like um it's red dead but in in feudal japan um, oh, that's interesting. I, I, you know what? I wasn't that sold until you said it's Red Dead and feudal <laughs> yeah. Japan. You know what? That that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Absolutely. No, and, and it's it it's it is genuinely beautiful. Um, mm. and I think when they do, they they when you enter a new part of the map or when, or when a new part of the map happens, like the parchment unrolls and the kind of the black ink, the stylized sort of Japanese black ink comes out and draws in the next bit mm. of the map, and it's all just done. That's nice. Oh, it's 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 really good. Um, and the sort of the Acer leaves blowing around, obviously pointing in the right direction and stuff. It's it's very wholesome with a lot of with a lot of stabbing in the meantime. As well. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure it's quite violent too. <laughs> yeah, it, it's wholesome until you lop someone's wholesome head off, and then you cut someone's head off. <laughs> yeah, and then it's then it's wholesome again. So yeah, that's that's fair. 
it alternates. Uh, what else? Have I done? Oh, the Spider-Man trailer. Spider-Man oh, trailer. Yes. People seen the Spider-Man trailer? I haven't I've seen the Spider-Man trailer. You haven't? Oh. I don't want to spoil the Spider-Man trailer. Have you seen it's a the trailer. last trailer? I have. Yes, I haven't seen the trailer for this one, but I've seen the last films. Yeah. I've seen all okay. of them. Yeah, I don't want to spoil the Oh trailer, god, I so like... I I have a vague idea of what's happening, but can I hear your vague idea? Okay, of what's my vague idea. Did they bring all the Spider-Mans back? Did that happen? I can't confirm. I cannot confirm That's a yes. deny that they bring all the Spider-Man. That is absolutely No, it's not. No, no, no. It's in this one. It's it really isn't. You do not categorically mm. see any more Spider-Man than just the one. There's only one Spider-Man yeah. in that trailer. in that trailer. Did you just it say does. one Spider-Man's? <laughs> Cuz that's what it's yeah. like. Stop being particularly obtuse. Um, <laughs> and uh yeah, and but there, there is other things. Um, Doctor Strange. Oh, now I have to there. watch it as soon as we finish. I so I kind of yeah. put it off because I I accidentally saw what I thought was the new Spider-Man trailer, but turned out to just be a fan-made like okay. what we hope is gonna happen. And I was it was very well done, but I was like, mm. oh, this is just fake. So then I put it off, and now everyone's talking about it. And I'm like, I really have well, to we watch all know, this. We all know for various reasons that the multiverse is now in yes. play. Yeah. Um, obviously, mm. we from uh, Loki from the titles of the films coming up, mm. um, and so it, you know it's there. Um, the trailer pretty much tells you kind of what's about to happen, okay. um, and then does give you a couple of nudges in a certain direction. Interesting. Um, There's yeah, a lot of questions. Uh, there is a lot of questions. Um, yeah, and I'm trying I, to wait to see how that plays out. I'm excited though. Oh, really excited! I I didn't think it was going the way I thought it was going, but when I realised what they how it happened i thought it was super clever that it was still sort of honestly but when i sorry sorry i'll let you finish your point sorry <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I was just saying like it, it's I, I it. It, the, the sort of the the, the way tom holland plays spider-man it was kind of like making mistakes and bumbling around a little bit it it, mm -hmm. it fitted perfectly with how whatever's about to happen happens Mm. I, again, I'm not going to go into spoilers, but I will say that my my while I was watching it, it it didn't feel real. I don't know if any, I don't know if you had a similar experience, Robin, but I was watching this trailer and it it felt like it was fake, like in a weird way. It didn't feel like it was a real trailer to me. Like honestly, this is going to sound weird, but it sounds it, it, if you've ever had a dream where some weird stuff happens and you have this oh, like it's going to be weird. Yeah, yeah. Like this isn't right. That that's what that trailer felt yeah. like. Oh, I'm so thought, excited. This can't be a real trailer. Yeah, th there were parts of. You, you think about how weird um, the first Doctor Strange film got on occasion. Slap on a multiverse on top of that, and, and chuck a bit of Spider Man in the mix, and it goes batshit crazy. And if like if this is considering the next few films are all kind of very much based around the multiverse mm -hmm. uh i can only imagine where we're going to be heading i mean loki the well, series was very much setting up for that as well oh absolutely was, mm -hmm. yeah. it was the, great the, the, it was fantastic series and i think kevin kevin feige before it even started said it was going to be the most important series and by the mm -hmm. end of it we all knew why because it was literally the key to unlocking the next phase of the marvel universe it was basically. also super weird but like in a good way yeah absolutely and and i think um there's now sort of strong rumors starting obviously about when we see the first mutant when do we see the first x-men when do we see the first and there are there are heavy rumors that there might be kind of like surprises being pulled um, over the next few films as well when you least expect it
I still feel like it's going to be a while until. Oh, totally. It, it needs to die yeah. down. It needs to die down. There's, there's they, mm-hmm. I think the previous uh, iteration of X Men had got to a certain point where it just wasn't working out for various reasons, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think mm-hmm. you can rush that back. And it'd be idiots if they sort of suddenly went. And here's Professor X. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it, it definitely feels like uh, multiverse is definitely the, the new arc or whatever, leading to whatever big thing they've got yeah. coming. I know they've got um, Kang as confirmed to be played by. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, is it Jonathan Major? No, I can't remember the name of the actor, unfortunately. But um, yeah, but, yeah. but Kang is who did a great job in at the end of Loki. So I can only Spoilers. imagine. Um, yeah. <laughs> So I can only imagine. Oh, that's been that's been. Mm-hmm. A, there are okay. There are kind of expiry dates on spoilers in my world. <laughs> there are, yeah, there are. There and it's are. been out that's for how whole, long? Oh, there. That is true. It's been out for a while. But yeah, some people just don't want to pay for Disney Plus. It's not. It's like weird that gonna, it's not like the. I, I, Amy and I had to have a chat the other day um, because oh, really? uh, we were being complained at quite strongly on Twitter uh, about the fact that we had quite a major spoiler as a social post um on gaming um five days after um suicide squad came out oh um, yeah no you i mean there's like a uh, at least a week two week grace period yeah. i would say there's we... two i i think two weeks for anything and then a month mm-hmm. is my kind of rule for app for talk for, for, for being able to freely talk about everything i got spoiled for it okay so it was a movie that was released in the 90s and i'd never seen okay i've never seen seven okay don't shame me. I've never seen it. And I feel like I kind of want to watch it. I don't I don't know. I know a bit about it. But I know the really big twist in that movie because I got spoiled in the weirdest way in an Amazon <laughs> review. Or no, in an Amazon question about a makeup box because someone replied with what's oh, in the no. box. And the answer to that question was what's in the box in the movie. And I was livid because yeah. I was like, like, I expect to get spoiled if I go and seek it out. Or if someone starts talking about the movie that I haven't seen yet on Twitter or whatever. And I'm like, oh, no, don't look. But on an Amazon question about makeup. Was it a was it was a goop products on Amazon? Yes, was it basically, box? that's that's yeah. it, it wasn't. But that, it may as well have been. <laughs> And I was like, really? And then I went to my partner and I was like, so is that true? Is that like the oh, big Oh, I just got twist? that. That's clever. Well done. Sorry. <laughs> that took, oh, that just took a while second. just to sort of percolate yeah. through my brain. Mm-hmm. I just happened Speaking and I know she was in that movie. So, yeah. 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 Yes, I know Speaking what's in the Linking that back to uh, the Marvel universe. Weirdly. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That actually ties directly into um, what I've been doing uh, this past couple of weeks. I've actually been watching What If. Mm. Um, have you seen it yourselves yet? The, no. the new animated show? First, okay, one, so it's Disney Plus first one really good. Second one, mm. okay. Third one, a bit crap. Generally. Uh, to, to explain what it is, though, for people who have not necessarily seen it, it's basically an ad- Marvel are taking different elements of their multiverse, all the elements from the MCU, and they've made animated shows like retelling different things that have happened uh, with different changes. So the first episode was what if Peggy Carter had become Captain America, well, Captain Britain instead of Steve Rogers. Um, the second, which I actually thought the second one was really cool, was what if uh, T'Challa mm. was abducted and taken into space and instead of Peter Quill, mm-hmm. so ends up becoming Star-Lord and how that changes things. And I thought that episode was was fantastic. A bit of a weak ending, but um, that episode I, in itself... I've got a really a soft spot for Peggy Carter, though. I really enjoyed um, uh, that Peggy Carter series on uh, on ABC they were doing. 
before oh, yeah. before the whole Disney Plus thing, the, the one they did in sort of like it was very film noir mm. kind of the shot. One, the one that isn't technically canon in the Marvel. Well, they had, yeah, they, they just gave up on it so much that they didn't even bother. Uh, they just well, lost the plot with it. But That's a whole other story where it's Kevin Feige didn't technically green light those ones yeah. it was like the other head or whatever yeah. over there so yeah. yeah um he doesn't consider them to be canon yeah um but apparently there's like a an easter egg in the first episode of loki for that too so um really? peggy carter's randomly in the background really one of the shots or somebody that dressed almost oh, exactly like peggy carter i can see where um mm. the time variance interesting authority, so. clever mm. uh but yeah and then this this third one was if uh well, there's it kind of spoils it, but there's a major major change that happens, and it's set during uh, Nick Fury's big week when um, Iron Man two, Thor, and mm. the first Hulk film was set, and it's literally like I don't want to spoil it though, but but um, it's something very different happens. Well, the title uh, of the, the, the title of the episode is 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 well, the title of the episode is is um, what happens? What what if uh, all of Earth's mightiest heroes died or something? Yeah. That's, okay. Spoilers. It's the title of the episode. You can go on Disney Plus and look at the title of the episode. That's Technically, not a, yes. That's not a okay. Spoiler. So it's 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 interesting to see where they're going with these stories. And I also used to love like the What If comics um, back in the day. I used to have uh, I had a compilation, um, like little book of little different What If stories, and I feel like they're very limited with what they can do, considering it's just the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I definitely want stuff that's more wacky and out there mm. and adventurous. Like I definitely thought from an animation standpoint and a visual standpoint, episode two was like so much more on top than the other ones because even the animation, it's a little bit lacking. Yeah. And I don't think that many people are on board with it. It just seems a little bit mid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even it, even episode two. Is... It it's very computer generated. It's not. They that they could have learned a trick from Star Wars. They could have learned the trick from Star Wars picking just an overly stylized way of doing it, um, whether mm. it's the drawing style, whether it's uh, the color style, whether it's a sort of, um, I don't know what else really, but well, or just an animation style that they could have, they, they could have done something that just made it a little bit different. But you're right that the animation sort of was fairly middle of the road. I just love mm. the idea. I just love the idea of it. I, I love the fact that they were able to get back all of the, most of the original voice well, actors. Lots of things like there's there's some there's key the old ones one in there. Clanger. Are, yeah, mm, um, who are just not the um, the actors, and, and it just sticks out like a sore thumb yeah, sometimes. Be because they've wrapped mm. all the other ones around it, even some of the most obscure mm. ones that, that they for the for the some of the real kind of bit parts in the second one with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, they managed to pull back in like literally everyone that was in it apart from one mm. person, and it it does stand say, out like a it does stand out, out like a sore thumb. I will say fantastic performance from the uh, late Chadwick Boseman. Absolutely. As well. Yeah. Um, wonderful, wonderful to see. And like such a high note for them to go off on. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, to considering um, how the character is portrayed within mm. uh, that particular episode and um, very, very touching there. Mm. I, I'm super enjoying it. I'm seeing where it goes so far. And it seems like they want to do like a multiverse Avengers thing, maybe mm. with the show. That's interesting. So, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, other than that, uh, I played Twelve Minutes this week, and that was—I haven't finished it yet, which is funny. I got—I it's—it's it's 
cool. I don't know if you've played 12 Minutes yet either. No, I um, really want to know about it because I, I've i kind of spoiled it for myself a little bit, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would absolutely love to hear your thoughts on it when you're finished with it because I, I love time shenanigans. I really do. Mm. And it just well, seems yeah. so great. But So far, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Okay, that's uh, good so to know. Basically, what 12 minutes is uh for those of you who are not aware um essentially it is a an indie game uh featuring some fabulous voice actors well some fabulous actors in outright there's james mcavoy uh daisy ridley and um willem defoe uh only three characters in this game because it is about a guy that comes home and then is then stuck in a 12 minute loop that keeps going over and over and over again until you can solve how to get out of it mm. it it's from a top-down perspective so you're seeing this whole apartment from a top-down perspective and you're playing as this guy from this guy's point of view and just discovering why is he in this loop how do you get out of this loop and it's essentially a puzzle game um it's it may as well be a point and click puzzle game you play with just using the mouse and you have to figure out how to get out of that situation while also using information from previous loops to progress yourself further in the future until you find like the i'm assuming until you find like the the one true run that you're supposed to do in order to solve everything i've not gotten that far yet i was playing it very late at night and i hit a dead end where i couldn't do anything and then the next morning i woke up and realized i was being an idiot and that the solution was very very simple um but so far it it's a fun game i don't know if they needed the uh, super expensive voice actors that they would have gotten. Mm. Um, like Willem Dafoe and, and Daisy Ridley, James McAvoy, fantastic actors, but I, I don't think for their role within the I game. I was going to say, they do they kind of add anything to that? Like, what's the point Not of them really, being no. there? Really, just... Both of the British actors are putting on these terrible american oh no <laughs> in the game as well they're not bad and obviously they're passable but it doesn't make any like it's, yeah. if you're gonna do that you may as well just go for i like, don't someone who is cheaper because you don't really hear them as james mcavoy or daisy ridley yeah. you hear them as just like two random american accents and you kind of like just disconnect from the have fact we done some digging to... and, and figured out whether they actually know know the person like is the are the developers like old uni friends or it, something? It does, it's... Seem, it does seem like uh, they were probably friends or something yeah. to get them into that. Mm. It does seem, yeah. it does seem a little like... odd that you sort of like, you, you as in, particularly as an indie game studio, like I can't imagine mm-hmm. if you're paying proper rates, I can't imagine James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley and, and Willem Dafoe yeah. uh, would be at the top of your sort of budget list in terms of um, what it do is you prioritize with our, with our limited indie budget. I don't know. Let's yeah. get some let's get some Hollywood actors in. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it definitely um caught people's attention to have those names as part of the game. And I feel like it's very, very um what happens when you get Professor X Ray in, in the Green Goblin in one spot, uh Chad is saying <laughs> that's a fair question. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I feel you know what? I think if they were playing those characters, it would be a far more interesting <laughs> game than it is. Um I'm not saying it's boring, but it's a little uh, it seems a little bit by the books. It seems like I already know what's going to happen at the end, um, and what the 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 twist might end up being. Mm. Like this, what the I I get the impression also because it's kind of hard to avoid when you're in a time loop, be mm. not being repetitive to some degree because you have to keep doing the same things over and over again to figure it out. Well, this is this is exactly what I was kind of getting frustrated with because you 
because you only get like 10 to 12 minutes to actually do these mm. things it was giving me anxiety mm. like it was kind of it kind of felt like i was trying to speed run something over and over and over yeah. again and because you've only got a, a set period of time uh, I think you can pause the game if you go into your inventory, but because you only have that time, I'm like constantly, okay, I've got to do this. Okay, now I've got to do this before yeah. this character does that. Otherwise, I won't have time to do this thing. So as soon as like certain things went wrong, I'm like, well, this run is screwed up. Oh, time to yeah. just experiment on different things. Um, and you can reset the run at any time um, by just like walking out the front door. That's a tiny little spoiler, but literally just walking out the door um, will reset the loop again. So you can't actually escape from this situation, unfortunately. Um, but even so, like the, it it was extremely repetitive, and I wish there was some kind of other control that you had in there to like either rewind or mm. or do something. So if you messed up slightly, you didn't have to start the whole run again. But the fact that it is such a short amount of time means that again, if you want to reset, you could just instantly do it anyway. So it doesn't really matter. It just it does get very very repetitive in mm. that sense. Some runs though, if I would screw up, I would literally just go and just start messing about with things, seeing okay, what else I can do. At one point, so there's a knife in the game, and you can experiment and use this is also like I can a point see of where this is going people. already <laughs> some people were annoyed about the lack of content warnings uh with the game because there's a lot that you could do with that knife with the multiple characters that are in the right. game um so yeah uh i i i basically lost all inhibitions at one point and did some horrible things that i'm not <laughs> proud of um <laughs> But it was so weird that the game actually allows you to do that, and it thinks of that, and it actually adds dialogue for that. That's and there's like dialogue recorded for so many things. Super, super interesting. But um, but yeah, I, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm super looking forward to seeing how it ends. But it's I don't know. It's not really that game changing. Mm. I, I would definitely say for an indie game that the most interesting thing about it is is probably the fact that they got these big name voice mm. actors. I, I I'm we'll see. We'll see. Anyway. Uh I also played. Sorry, you were gonna... No, I was, just, I, was nope. I was about oh, to prompt you and ask you what else you've been up to. Uh Final Fantasy 14, continuing that. Um I played up till five point patch five point three. Wow, nice. It was super emotional and I don't want to spoil it for anyone, even though it came out like I don't know how long ago, but I cried multiple times and um yeah, I'm looking forward to finishing off the the other patch quests. Nice. Um, but, but I'm almost up to date on that now, getting ready for Endwalker coming out. Yeah, soon. Super Ugh. excited. I'm not. It's like 80 days up. away. Yeah, I, so not... I skipped most of the story in FF14. Okay, oh, let me tell yeah. you, I didn't do it for evil reasons, I promise. <laughs> I started playing it whenever 2.0 came out, so as soon as A Realm Reborn released, and mm -hmm. I was doing the story, and then I got into a raid group, and I was working really long hours, and my raid group were progressing through like new patches and stuff much quicker than I was, so I started skipping to try and keep up. And then I rejoined mm. the story and had no idea who anybody was or what had happened. So I'm actually replaying it now on an alt because I want to re-experience the story before Endwalker comes out so I actually understand mm. 
And it really struck me because on Twitter, I saw a meme and I looked at it and I didn't know who three of the NPCs were that were in the meme. And I was oh, like, Lord. I can't do this. So I am going to replay it because I, I, I actually played through most of like Stormblood and Shadowbringers, but I still had like very little context from previous stuff. So I'm slowly slogging my way through on an alt and I'm hoping that I can get caught up just so that I know what's going on now. <laughs> are you uh, are you still in 2.0? Oh god, I'm yes I or... am. Yeah, <laughs> it's I'm the cool. longest part. Like, those uh those voice actors hit different now, don't they? Oh my I gosh, imagine. yeah. So I actually remember whenever I first played through, I switched to the Japanese voiceovers cuz the English voiceovers were really really okay not bad but they were like very wooden and like felt out of place yeah so the thing with that was i think they're all like us-based voice actors who are all doing british accents yes it, and if you yeah. thought 12 minutes was weird oh with it, was yeah, it was American really bad <laughs> the other way around is always so much and worse, i feel like they uh, didn't get a lot of direction for some of it because there were some where the mm -hmm. the emotions just didn't feel right for the situation yeah and their pacing I, I, was weird I, I remember know. I dropped in on you on one stream and there was literally like a roll band scene <laughs> and I'm just like, this is the worst thing I think I've yes! ever heard. This, these emotions are so that. incorrect. And they were just wrong mm. for the scene. And mm -hmm. it just feels really strange now. And I've switched back to English just so, because I, I did switch to English for like the, the future stuff because the, the voice actors are different then and they sound great. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, well, I'll just, I'll play from the beginning and oh no, oh no, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll get it. I'll I'll slog through and I'll get there. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, from three point onwards, which is uh, Heaven's mm. War, the, all the VAs were changed to like UK based um voice actors. So yeah. they actually sound like super super good from that point. I think it's been the same um mm. all the way through, uh, except for I think one of the voice actors passed yeah, away from that. But yeah, fantastic game though. Um, I'm I'm still loving that. Uh, what have you been up to, Kirsty? Mm. Um, I finished Mass Effect 2 last week for like the eighth Ooh. time, probably. <laughs> um, I have been playing the Legendary Edition and I went through Mass Effect 1 and then I took a break and did some other stuff. I played like Subnautica, Subnautica Below Zero and then I came back and started Mass Effect 2 a little while ago. I finished it last week, went through a couple of things that like I feel very strangely about like for example there's a dlc i don't know how familiar both of you are with mass effect i played everyone okay so uh, except for andromeda you, I yes same I <laughs> do you remember project overlord the dlc um oh lord uh no overlord I, yeah yeah um <laughs> i can't which one was that so one was that? it's the one i i could tell you that it required a lot of content warnings that it did not get for things like like severe ableism and uh really really terrible portrayal of autism and it just was very uncomfortable i streamed it i knew it was coming and i thought maybe i, I should play this off stream and i decided to stream it because i was going to put it on youtube and i wanted the context to be there and then i streamed it and it was so much worse than i remembered it being and i just re i'm really surprised they didn't choose to leave it off i like in the legendary edition they could have like just left it as like a document you read somewhere instead of having to play through it because it's it's really violent and abusive and horrible and i was like two hours of my life sitting on stream feeling incredibly uncomfortable the entire time we had content warnings in the title and in chat but i'm just really shocked that they didn't choose to change that 
like in some way mm. because it doesn't mm. it has ramifications in mass effect 3 but it's literally just like a really small reference to it i think uh so they could have just left it as a file that you read about at some point and went oh wow that guy sure was an asshole instead of having to experience it you know what i mean so i'm surprised it was there i'm surprised it had no content warnings i've only played it once before this playthrough and it was just really heavy and unexpected i guess i was very surprised yeah, I, I think i like it completely like erased it mm. from my mind because i cannot and i've played all the dlc i cannot remember it all so obviously it didn't have a very very good narrative otherwise i probably no i don't feel so i feel like it. the start of it it begins feeling like this really interesting kind of vaguely horror aspect because you have this like rogue vi that's like it's taken over and it's got like the creepy voice lines in the background and stuff and you're like oh what's going on here and then it just becomes horrible in like every way and the narrative does not make up for any of it like at all and it's just like okay well this really just could have been left out we didn't need this so i'm quite surprised i am a big like i do like bioware um i'm a big fan of bioware games and i love my like mass effect is probably my favorite series i've talked about uh recently on stream i keep saying that i don't know what my favorite game is but it probably is the mass effect series but there are just some things that i think probably could have been left out and i'm surprised mm. they weren't you know what i mean <laughs> Do you feel like it should have like those um, content warnings, like the old, uh, let's say, the older cartoons have now on like streaming services, where where it's like this is a product of its time, where people are kind of yeah. So we talked about that about actually. That I really think that even just having a content warning would have been super helpful. Um, mm. But I the the whole we talked about the the idea of it being a product of its time. I do think it is, but like that that doesn't excuse it because one of the mm. obviously not that it ever does, but you know what I mean. Um, because the the way they portrayed one of the characters in it just it like it it's the it's the way media did, and it just sucks. And I, I I'm just I I went into this completely baffled because I'm like we just had just had this big conversation about content warnings and how. Uh, important they are and how they can make a huge difference if they're if they're deployed really well and then i went straight into this and it's not mentioned at all anywhere and i was like wow okay uh cool thanks that that's great <laughs> mm. um and it's it's interesting because like I, that was another thing that came up like um the boyfriend dungeon i haven't i played the beginning of it i haven't played much of it but um it basically was a game that was released at I guess the right or the wrong time, depending on how you look at it, to be kind of central to that discussion because it was something that I think was probably going to come up eventually anyway. We were probably going to have a big conversation about that. Um, and they just happened to, to, they had a content warning, but it was very not descriptive. And yeah, that that's why that big conversation happened on on Twitter and social. Yeah, I heard about that, like something to do with the uh, potential like stalker. Yeah. Like that yeah. kind of like, the, the character in question, I didn't encounter because I only played the first like two hours of it. I didn't encounter any of the like super problematic behavior, but the character in question is like really creepy from the very beginning. Like the kind of character who I was sitting the whole time going, "Ugh, you're the kind of person mm. who just makes people's skin crawl like just by existing. Do you know what I mean? That sounds really horrible, mm. but to be fair, he was an asshole. So, <laughs> But they're doing good things because yeah. they are going back in and yeah. um, they're they changing the content it. warnings, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I yeah, think yeah, that's good. good. I'm yeah yeah i'd say like have, having games without any like particular with pro problematic things in there without at least like giving you some kind of heads up yeah. that, that can be really uh 
really really harmful in some instances depending on what it is especially depending on what it deals with as well like if i had to go through a game and then all of a sudden there was like some horrifying transphobic abuse Mm. in there yeah exactly like yeah yeah and obviously like some people will downplay other things saying, well, it's only like a, a character being represented in a certain way. It's like, well, to you, it's like that, yeah. but to a lot of mm. other people. And that's, that's the other thing, like to give you the option to make your decision, like whether yeah. you want to play it, you know? And, and particularly if you've exactly. been, if, if you've been enjoying the game, if you, if you really mm-hmm. sort of invest, if you've really invested in it, if it's a really kind of what's been sold to you as kind of like a really kind of pro, uh, a pro LGBT kind of game. Yeah. Um, and then to suddenly yeah. jump, jump in um it's uh it's all a bit weird yeah that is something i definitely saw like during the whole like twitter exchanges about boyfriend dungeon it's like people really loving it at the start and then they're like oh this thing comes up and it's completely ru- ruined my enjoyment yeah. of the game i think yeah. it's just that it's it's being able to set expectations i think having a content warning because something someone said to me that i actually think rings really true is that people who need a content warning or a trigger warning know they need it and they will seek it out. So if you put it somewhere where they can easily access it, it does like if you're scared of spoilers for people who don't, then that's fine. Put it with a spoiler tag mm. and yeah, uh put like essentially put it somewhere where if you don't want spoiled, you don't have to see it. And then if you do want to know what the, the content warning is, yeah, you can click absolutely. it and actually see it yourself. Do you know what I mean? Which makes sense. Which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um Let's move. Let's move on to our bite-sized news. Uh, we've got two things to talk about today. The first one, we might as well start with the positives. So let's talk about LGBTQ stuff um, at Gamescom. Um, it's been Gamescom this past week, um, and uh, we've had some fantastic little videos and some fantastic things coming out. Uh, and I think some of them, it's not been. I think it's fair to say it's not been the most excitingly diverse. Mm. Uh, week in the world i don't think um but we did a little wrap up uh on gaming which i'm just going to throw that link into la chat um and it's uh, i thought we might as well have a little wander through um good. the game stuff that's come out in gamescom um i my eye was always drawn i'm quite a big uh i'm a quite a big racing racing driving uh game fan um and to see forza uh, yeah. make the list is baffles me still i mean we, i am we, we did really this... surprised that yeah this is where we encounter inclusivity in gaming and that sounds like a horrible thing to say because i'm like, like a car game yeah. but like that's amazing it's really good it is and um for, for those that don't know that this was first revealed i think at e3 this year um but for the character creator in forza is super diverse and super inclusive and includes pronoun choices so cool. uh modifying their looks and even allowing prosthetics um Amazing. which i think yeah for 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 what inherently is the driver is a racing game to sort of like see them taking those big steps i think is is uh super awesome and yeah it's a really great thing to do and yeah it's as as chats disbelieving me as i talk about this <laughs> it's in forza um it, it's in the kind of like the man game um and yeah, so uh that's true so to sort of see that, I think just really it, it sets my heart sort of like nicely. I mean, it's what um, we need to see, right? We need to see more kind of more normality games just doing this because yeah, without like exactly. making a big song and dance of it, just this is a yeah. thing, and yeah. that's it. It's it's normal. It's 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 absolutely it be everywhere, absolutely right? totally. Um, and I I think you're absolutely right. That the, the uniqueness of this is is the fact that then it's not a big 
it's not a big surprise. It's not a big kind of yeah. moment. It's just a normal thing. Um, yeah. And that's really great. And that's really great to see. Um, of course, we saw some more of Life is Strange, uh, True Colors. I'm um, very fresh... excited about that. Yeah, me too. I mean, fresh off the back, it's a sad news that the um, that the remaster is not out until yeah. uh, out until next year. Because I'd have liked to have played through the remaster and then jump straight into yeah, same. Um, jump straight into True Colors. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm sort of I am super hyped for it. I mean, it's I think we sort of saw uh, some lovely little romances blooming um, yeah. in the in the trailer in the small segment. Uh, we actually got to see Alex help one of the residents of Haven Springs, um, who's going through the early stages of dementia, um, mm-hmm. which is a a topic that's been quite close to my heart recently. So for me, it's kind of like it's it's I think that's going to be a game that I'm going to play on my own in a locked room yeah, that's <laughs> and, fair. Uh, and and just feel my emotions for for a few hours. I did that with uh, Spiritfarer actually was I just kind of played in the dark by myself and felt yeah. my feelings <laughs> cried a lot. You know, I think yeah. sometimes you have to do that with certain games. I'm planning on streaming True Colors and uh, it's mm. actually my first Life is Strange game. Uh, cause I really want to jump into the, the original, but obviously like I, I haven't had Same. the time that's yet. What, that's why I remaster want to do it for the remaster. And it's like, yeah. yeah. So I might yeah. wait mm. for the remaster, but, um, I'm going to do true colors cause apparently you don't need to have played the previous games to mm. be able to enjoy it. Mm. So I'm just excited because it, it feels like it's doing something a little bit different. And, uh, I like the fact that we have a, by protagonist that's pretty mm-hmm. nice i like that um and it just looks really good it looks really really great and i i'm excited to see where it goes absolutely um and uh, we've got moon go moon glow bay we saw a bit more of that as well which is a super lovely game that's due out on the 7th of october so oh, not too much good. longer on that um and in, they obviously include uh, same-sex relationships yeah. um pronouns as well um and it's just like uh it's a it's a beautiful fishing game um but done in a kind of like really wholesome kind of way which is lovely it looks adorable absolutely um and then there's waylanders um which is basically if you took dragon age origins um and then uh sort of tra- threw in some time travel celtic mythology and medieval yeah. spain into one game which uh Sounds pretty awesome already. Yeah, it does. And like uh, we were talking earlier about Bioware games and stuff, um, the fact that it's kind of like loosely inspired, I guess, to a degree mm. from like the old CRPGs like Neverwinter Nights or Dragon Age Origins or whatever. And the fact that they have such like a diverse representation of relationships is really cool because that doesn't always happen. Yeah. In fact, it very rarely happens if we're being no, honest. No, totally. And obviously, the, I think Hades started the trend, didn't they? With yeah, some of their sort of, um, Positive relationships over the past year or so. But no, apparently, this has got an open minded perspective on sex and gender um, cool. and, uh, and options for polyamorous relationships with many of the companions and characters you come across. Um, and, That's really cool. Uh, sorry, I'm just reading. You get the chance of meeting these characters again in different life forms or simply older for your. Yeah. Immortal companions when you travel That's into nice, the future. Really interesting and different. Um, interesting. Which is sort of like as as you said earlier, Kirsty, like you, you'd like the sort of time bendy. Uh, yeah, stuff. love that. So I love a, a, a mind mess kind of game, something that kind of makes <laughs> me go, "What is going on?" Love that kind <laughs> of stuff. And then I think the big news for me, obviously, was Saints Row. Um, yeah. 
the, the return, yeah. the reboot of Saints Row. And I'm fascinated to see how a game handles a reboot. I don't, somebody's going to, chat's going to tell me if I got this wrong, but I don't think a game series has actually rebooted itself. Yeah, not like a think, remaster. I, can't think I a, mean, a proper filmic crackdown. kind of reboot with new cast, new characters, and there was Crackdown, mm. but like that, that kind of like just completely flew under the radar. Mm. Yeah, there was supposed to be that 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 Crackdown reboot. Oh, and Devil May Cry, then, apparently. Like, I Thank you, chat. Came out and just you know like disappeared. Devil May Cry was like highly controversial for the, what they did for the actual characters within mm. that. Um, this has actually received a little bit of controversy as yeah. well. I don't know if you've seen that about Saints Row. Yeah, For it, some reason, it's gone the other way. Yeah, people are really angry that it's not like down... I, I, like, I looked into it a little bit, and I think some people are angry that it's not like down to earth and that the protagonists are are not just like local gang thugs and are more so like a diverse range of, of characters. Yeah. Um, and I think the point there was like these characters are starting their own mm. criminal empire, their own gang empire, rather than being already entrenched mm -hmm. in it. So a lot of people seem to have had like issues with that. And I, I don't really understand why, because the game's like skewed really wacky towards the end yeah. anyway. If anything, this is a far more grounded version of that. I will say it's probably got a little bit of like Fortnite inspiration in there from what I saw of the, mm. the, the trailer. Um, but it, it looks interesting enough. It, it seems like it's going to be a decent game, and I feel like it's another case of gamers getting angry over nothing again. Well, it's gamers like... getting angry over something that's already been there. Like they're, they're yeah. complaining mm. about the wokeness. They're complaining about the. But the that happens and it's so like, often, it's, and it's, it's been in since, it's been in Saints Row for years. Yeah. No, like, like it's it's angry entitled to gamers two, who did they even play the same game as we did? That's it. I don't know. It's the same thing. <laughs> And I it's think it's, I think it's literally as simple as I, I was on a panel at DevCon this week, hosting a panel at DevCon this week. Um, with I was also on that panel. You were also on that mm -hmm. panel. Also on the panel. I was. And, and we yeah. were both joined on that panel by um, the senior marketing, uh, senior community manager of Saints Row. Um, mm -hmm. And off the panel, she was saying that I think she thinks that the majority of people are just getting the knickers in a twist over the fact that um, it, it's the fact they replaced some of the, as you say, the sort of like the wacky characters with with down-to-earth POC characters. Um, and I think that's probably pissed a few people off. But Yeah, I think like any time <clears throat> that like a uh, like a, a regular character, uh, it's like I say regular character, but like a, your regular gaming character, yeah. which is a, uh, a, a white um, buff boy or skinny girl is replaced with, with something a little bit different. Uh, and it's put in, forward in a trailer. People are always going to scream, woke Absolutely. and then be outraged about it for no other reason than than just again pocs or or lgbt people existing yeah it's yep. it's so weird it's, it's so incredibly like, weird to me like i i see it happening all the time and it's just baffling i don't get it it's part of the larger arc i guess that's part of the larger thing is that for some reason they still fear that LGBTQIA plus people or or persons of color are coming in and trying to change their games when it's been like this for the last yeah. I don't know fifteen yeah. plus years yeah. now. Insane, like, and every right. single yeah. time, it's like, oh, you're pushing a woke agenda. No, we're just nope. having just, just representation. Yeah. Yep. It's just representation. Yeah. It's like it's you just want to you know have have like a a black guy in the lead role. Why are you freaking out about it? Mm -hmm. you know? Like. It's, it's oh, baffling. it's because 
it's um, crazy. Has anyone else picked up on anything they uh, stood out from games? I got a few things. Um, I think the new Turtles games uh, game looks great. Like that old school pixel art um, arcade. Love the mm. art. That looks really, really cool. April's a playable character, so you know, you know, she's gonna be my main now. That's uh, that's nice. what I'm gonna go for. Uh, I think the one thing that really, really got me was Cult of the Lamb. I'm not sure if you saw this. No. I saw a little bit of rumbling on Twitter about it, but I haven't actually seen it. So the trailer is fantastic. Um, I don't know if you play Binding of Isaac, but it looks yes. like a um, an animal version of Binding of Isaac in terms of gameplay um, with a slightly different camera angle, except it's about this lamb person. Uh, very, very cute who was about to be like sacrificed or something and so they make a deal with like a um, some kind of horrible eldritch horror and uh in exchange for sparing their life that you now have to build up this cult around I'm you in. so it's like this somebody described it in my chat today as a uh, satanimal crossing <gasps> i'm <laughs> uh, so in <laughs> that's amazing and it looks looks amazing it does it, it looks so good um there is also outlast trials i i'm i'm a fan of the first outlast i didn't play the second I one i hated the uh, second one loved the first one yeah Thought the second one was going too far into uh shock value rather than actual mm, horror if you mm. know what i mean so i just got bored yeah, i played the demo for the second and i definitely felt that yeah with it um, I, I struggle with games that take away all your control mm. uh, in terms of like you have no way to fight back whatsoever and becomes this like cat and mouse kind of, oh, you got to hide inside a locker until something passes. But this new one actually stuck out to me a little bit uh, because it seems to be uh, potentially co-op and mm. you're actually, I don't know, part of some kind of like trial experiments in the Outlast universe. So that seems really, really interesting that you can play that as either single player and co-op. But I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to see where that goes. But um hopefully it'll be better than the second not that i again i didn't play the second but better than the story the second one yeah decided to go with hmm. um other than that midnight fight express kind of looks like a hotline miami type of game hmm. except what was really impressive about it is made by one person wow um, like okay. it's a, like a 3d like hotline miami s game which is made just by a single um developer which is insane to me and that looked really cool um yeah that's that's about all i got from it you got your regular stuff like your call of duties and which i don't really go for it looks interesting you got another world war ii call of duty vanguard but it's activision and yeah activision Activision at the moment (laughs) no no like it's like when they start when they learn to start respecting their employees maybe i'll play an activision game again (laughs) that's fair Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but that's uh that's about all i saw from that what else uh oh other than that actually sorry one last thing um there's a new halo infinite console coming out and it actually looks really cool i really (laughs) want to play through halo again i only played Mm -hmm. the first game and i loved it and then i i never got any of the other ones so i actually want to go back to the beginning reach no i really need to play it it looks so good i never i never played one or two uh i only started the series on on three and then i played like odsc and reach but reach has got like a really good I really it's got some play. really good moments in reach reach is reach is great reach is great that's cool um but if you look at this like special edition <laughs> uh console you want to get the controller by itself which is like master chief themed mm-hmm. it's 180 pounds for the controller by itself oh my goodness mm-hmm. uh for the audio listeners there are some shocked faces <laughs> sorry <that> are, uh... <laughs> that's wild 
but but it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Now, like I I know that we do some work with Xbox sometimes, but even so, yeah, for a limited edition controller, for a controller seems a little that's bit. That's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. Insane. Uh, that yeah. Is yeah. Is there anything else that you all saw that you were? Doing I'm actually just really baffled that Call of Duty is doing like a World War Two thing when hmm. Battlefield 2042 is coming out in October and it's going for futuristic and they normally are mm. really super close together with like their time yeah, frames well, and stuff well didn't battlefield like do a world war ii thing a few years back as well yeah, like, they, yeah. i don't remember when that was now i've lost all track of time but yeah they did because I, rem- I remember people being so angry about like the the woman in the trailer yes with the, the oh my god prosthetic arm. they're so like, mad oh, about no. that <laughs> You're pushing the woke agenda of yep. a person with a prosthetic arm, yep. and she's and she's a woman, even though women fought oh, in the Second World yeah. War. No, there were people who were real mad about, mad about that, and I remember getting into mm. an argument with somebody. It wasn't specifically about that. But I remember getting into an argument with someone who was like, "Oh, but it's not fair because their hitboxes would be so much smaller than like the men." And I was like, "Have you ever actually seen a woman in like full military gear? You literally can't tell. They 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 the shapes of their bodies are very similar. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of them are slightly short." Shorter. but like people are different heights like the hap what are you talking about you're making up the biggest excuses for some oh just to be mm-hmm. angry Ridiculous. i will say the only interesting thing about um vanguard uh that i actually like the look of like at least in the gameplay um that they're showing off you're a female character who is a nurse um in a uh an occupied a nazi occupied mm-hmm. uh like city and the way that they were showing the gameplay, that you're actually, I, I guess, like developing a resistance, or you're on the inside and you're just trying to escape from that situation at first. And it was actually really cool to see that yeah. that situation because you don't really get that in like shooty shooty bang no, bang games. Where they're showing that side of World War Two, where it's just like little resistances being being like brought up in occupied territory. Yeah, that kinda that's cool. kind of super cool. But again, I'm I'm not really into first person shooters i'm really excited for battlefield 2042 because i really am into shooters but Mm. i'm i know i know that like as like i'm a variety streamer and i stream very specific games and fps games aren't really in there at all i tend to play story driven games or sandboxy games and i'm i'm gonna stream battlefield and i don't know how it's gonna go (laughs) but i don't care i'm so excited Well, if it has a a good enough story, maybe they'll uh, they'll latch onto that. Yeah, they they've had stories in the. They're usually short, but Battlefield has had like the single player campaigns or like the mini like story mm. segments that you can play through. So we'll see, we'll see. I don't know if they're doing that or not this time. They're doing some weird stuff this time. They have um, it's called Battlefield uh, Portal or something, and it's it's you can spawn in with like everyone has the same weapon so you might end up everyone on your team has shock paddles that you would use to like revive somebody and that's your weapon you have to shock the enemy so you have to get into me- like melee combat um whereas they all might have knives or they might have rocket launchers and you won't know until you're there that seems a little unfair uh, it does but like at the same time i watched the trailer for it and you, i was like you know what i'm into it i think this looks like it's going to be absolute chaos and i love chaos so mm. i you know mm. we'll see how it goes yeah, I feel like that's something that's definitely missing from like the first person shooter mm-hmm. genre now. It's just like I, other than like Fortnite, which and like the you know, your your um what are they called? Uh your arena 
shooters, the 99 to 1, I forgot what the term uh, is. Battle Royales. Battle Royales. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Um, Other than Battle Royales, it seems like from, with first-person shooters, like the fun has like completely disappeared from them. Yeah. You used to have like time splitters with like all the wackiness, and, and now it just seems like it's all very, uh, you got to be very... Um, you got to be very serious or even mm. if we're saying it in the future this is still a serious storyline yeah. you know i like uh, a bit of like wackiness hmm, wackiness is good yeah i would look forward to that if, give me some more monkeys that can run around with guns like uh, do me another uh james bond so i can run around as a uh, yeah. job yes love it <laughs> definitely definitely that's what we need um let's uh let's move on from happy things to uh incredibly sad and horrendous things um because uh, there's been obviously the, the spate of uh, horribleness happening around Twitter, uh, Twitter and Twitch, mm-hmm. and Discord and everything else over the past few weeks with the uh, with the hate raids that have been going on, um, and uh, I think it's only only fair that we use this platform and use the opportunity now to completely condemn them and completely condemn Twitch for not having stepped up and actually found a solution to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so again, filling information for filling in information for those of you who are uninformed, because there seem to be a lot of mm. uninformed people when it comes to this topic. And uh, just a quick shout out, shout out to the uh, Jimquisition who actually put out a very, very good video today on the yeah. subject. Um, but essentially what it is, is um, there are users going around with bot accounts, essentially up to between like 200 to 1000 bot accounts, and they will send those into somebody's stream. Usually it's a marginalized creator. So either like someone who's LGBTQ or a person of color, and they will use those bot accounts to just spam homophobic or racist abuse at the streamer and because it's so many messages from bots all at once it literally just destroys that stream for a period of time until um the mods or the person who's running the stream can get that sorted out now in isolation you seem oh that's you know that happens to people it's not that big of a deal you know um people deal with that all the time what why are you kicking up such a fuss about it this happens nearly every stream to every marginalized creator on the platform if if, if this can be small or big um, at the moment on Twitch. And it's, it's just becoming more and more of a problem because you have to deal with it every single time. Mm. And for me personally, as someone who's actually dealt with hate raids, I've been hate raided multiple times at this point. Anytime I have to deal with it, it's literally put the stream into a uh, 10 minute follower only mode yeah. and then sit there while the mods bless their souls go through and ban every single account that is associated with the uh, hate raid as well as like clearing the chat and deleting the messages um it has a very negative impact on the stream it has a very neg- negative impact on uh, viewership the streamer um, especially when you see some of the stuff that's being sent through. And in certain cases, the tools that Twitch have provided for this are not enough to deal with the problem um, because they're using, uh, for instance, Cyrillic characters that aren't detected the same way a normal word would be. So if someone comes in spamming the N-word, for instance, um, usually that would be picked up by Automod and blocked. But if somebody is using a variation of that with uh, different letters from different alphabets, that doesn't get picked up and it just goes straight through. And the issue that people are having at the moment is that Twitch has been very lax on dealing with the situation. Um, It is 
majority it, the majority of it is affecting again like marginalized communities with the aim to just completely stop us from being able to make a living being able to stream being able to be on the platform whatsoever and the reply that we've got from twitch so far is we are that it's a we're working on it and pretty much nothing else like that that that's about it they they yeah. went into a little bit of detail but they said oh we can't share anything because you know they might get ahead of us so in response to that there have been uh members of the uh twitter twitch streaming community who have gotten together uh, including the um i believe it's wreck it raven who is trying to put together a movement to get everybody to to boycott twitch for a day on uh, september 1st and that is called hashtag a day off twitch and that has received a lot of criticism from larger creators too, who say who have basically said that it's not going to do anything, uh, and that it's actually not going to change anything, and that is slacktivism. And in some cases, people have been calling it uh, performative, when in fact it's definitely not. And the whole point is to raise awareness about that this is going on. Um, and what's been really frustrating is not only Twitch's lack of input on the situation. Uh, but the fact that so many large creators, rather than using their voice to actually help the situation, have just been shouting down the methods used by yeah. people to, to try and change things without offering anything constructive whatsoever. And then getting defensive over people being upset by them adding nothing to the conversation except for trying to criticize. Um, it's just been incredibly frustrating for, for a lot of people. Yeah involved and it seems like a time where in order to get anything done this really needs to be a time where we all stand in solidarity for each other but i think the major issue is because a lot of these larger creators are um a, a white cisgender people who aren't necessarily the target of these raids they don't necessarily see the scope of the problem they they look at it and say, well, you already have the tools, the tools to deal with it when, when you don't. Um, if you ban however many accounts, the way that it's set up at the moment, it's very easy for someone with who writes like scripts for bots and stuff to, to just open so many more yeah. accounts on Twitch and just do it again. Um, there's no way of fighting that off right now because Twitch itself you can use the same email to sign up as many accounts as you That's like. That's wild. There's no, as well. mm. like, there's, yeah, there's no email verification. There's no options for two-factor authentication. It's super, super easy. Yeah. It's ridiculous. There are so mm. many things that could be implemented and that I hope will be, but it's baffling to me that they haven't been already um, to prevent the fact that literally a, a person who has decided to do this could set up thousands of accounts within minutes and there's no way for a normal human being to be able to block that many accounts. It's just, it's mm. too hard. Because you if you do it manually, because mm. I don't, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think you can import lists into Twitch's own banning. Like you can there in bots? Okay. Essentially, um, basically what the community is actually doing now is they're kind of like crowdsourcing our own. Which we shouldn't to have to do. No. <laughs> Again, no, um, the, the safety of creators should be at the sole responsibility mm. of Twitch, and it should be Twitch's responsibility to give those creators significant tools in, a, in order for us to protect ourselves. Yeah. Um, including, for instance, one very, very simple implementation is enabling two-factor authentication to be able to chat 
within a person's chat. So it could be a toggle within somebody's stream that you set yourself and say, yeah, this needs to be either email verified or two-factor uh, authenticated um, or whatever in order to be able to chat here. The Also, the issue with that is like any barriers, people could say, oh, well, why don't you just use follow-only mode or sub-only mode? Any barriers that um, people set up to stop people from being able to chat in their chat is going to affect viewership, mm -hmm. is going to affect their, the people who actually follow, it's going to affect discovery. Um, and it shouldn't be on, uh, it shouldn't be on marginalized creators who already receive so much shit yep. to have to deal with this on top of it and be responsible mm -hmm. for a problem, which is not of their making, which is a problem with the platform itself. We already face a, a much harder time with discoverability and growth compared mm. to and i mean like i i recognize that as myself being white for example i will have an easier time than someone else but um these creators who are frankly generally cisgender white dudes um they they don't face the same difficulties with uh growth that other people do and then even then if they do decide to add sub mode or use follower only mode it doesn't impact them in the same way that it impacts other people like us. It just it's it's a completely different experience. So saying, why don't you just turn on follower only mode for 10 minutes? Or why don't you turn on sub only mode? That also doesn't actually counteract the fact that people are getting follow botted, meaning that their alerts are completely swarmed by a, a bunch mm -hmm. of bots just flooding their their follower. You have to turn off your alerts. Fine. But my event list is now flooded. What am I supposed to do with that? Yeah. It's ridiculous. This is, it's also forgetting the fact that this is not just every once in a while this can be yeah. every stream this can mm. be multiple times every yeah. stream for a certain uh like creatives of color it's it's literally like somebody i think somebody put out a post about them doing a stream they played about four and a half hours of a game the other day and for about a majority of it they couldn't play the game because they were being constantly it's um, incredibly disruptive because like mm -hmm. it, yeah if I mean, you can't rely on twitch's tools you're having to rely on yourself and your mods which is completely disrupting mm. your stream how are you supposed to do the thing that you're there to do which is to entertain people when you're having yeah. to focus on the safety of yourself and of your community because yeah. obviously that's of paramount but it's so disruptive and i it, it it makes me incredibly angry seeing people be so dismissive because i don't experience it so what does it matter mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's actually another good point as well. It's like people who have <laughs> suggested solutions are like, okay, so boycotting Twitch for a day won't do anything. But what you really want to do is leave the platform and go to YouTube and start streaming there. Um, uh, a more prominent creator said that. And it's like, well, for starters, that's the whole point of the hate raids is to try and remove yeah. marginalized creators from the platform to, to get it to a point where they can't stream anymore. Doing that, is essentially saying okay you win it's not necessarily going to be any safer on that other platform no. for the creator and we're that that's also putting the onus on that creator to throw away all of their income all of the all of the community that they've built over time to try and rebuild on another platform mm -hmm. i know there's something to be said for diversifying your income but for a lot of people for a lot of uh, marginalized creators the communities they build they have struggled to build over a course of several years on the platforms that they're on to say just leave that platform and start again on another platform is is absolutely ludicrous yeah absolutely ludicrous um and i don't want to get too angry about it obviously although i should because you know at the moment it's again it's crickets 
from yeah. Twitch. Mm. And it's it's just incredibly frustrating um, just not having the tools to be able to deal with it. I'm hoping that because they have, uh, apparently they have talked to like the heads of the A Day Off Twitch movement at this point. They've talked to uh, Wreck-It Raven um, about certain things. They've had like a closed off uh, meeting about that. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of doubtful that any meaningful full change will happen anytime soon. If you look at historically, Twitch has been very, very unreliable for that stuff. If you go back a couple of years to the Twitch Safety Council, for instance, in that situation, one of its uh, very prominent, one of the people who's part of the Twitch Safety Council, a Twitch ambassador, a trans person, was uh, brigaded and hate mobbed. And now they did say a few things that you know weren't necessarily constructive, but it didn't mean that justify the the hate and abuse that they received to the point where they were harassed off the platform if twitch can't even protect the creators that it that it earmarks as being part of the safety council for the platform i don't have any faith in their ability yeah. to get anything done and that also goes for okay the safety council didn't do anything and i'm not saying it's because the safety council themselves are incompetent there are some wonderful people on that council but it just goes to show that I imagine it was a similar scenario. They probably have meetings and then these changes were, which were supposed to be implemented, just get lost in the administrative ineffectiveness that is Twitch. I've heard a lot of stories about behind the scenes. Twitch is just, just not great at getting things changed yeah. because it's like a, a nightmare of like passing things to, to higher ups and just communicating with each other. Um, so as far as my kind of like, <laughs> as far as I believe right now, I, I don't have any faith that Twitch is going to make any meaningful changes anytime soon. And again, this also goes into how long I and like many other marginalized people had to fight for the tagging system yeah. for discoverability on Twitch. Uh, literally, I think it was like since they got rid of communities it was about like three yeah. i think it was since 2018 hmm. and it was only this year a week before pride month because they were saving it for pride month um which as is performative uh, bullshit horrible move <laughs> yeah uh to save their own necks after the pog champ stuff came out they released the information um yeah. about the the new tagging system changes that they were making for discoverability and the thing is it works it works fantastically the tagging system has allowed um horrible people uh wonderful people to find people's street marginalized creator streams so discoverability fantastic but it's also allowed horrible people to to find the streams and cause a scenario and they knew it was one of the reasons that they said they didn't want to implement systems that they knew there would be abuse afterwards yeah. which also means that several years ago when we were asking for this stuff they knew there was a problem with harassment on their platform and that during that whole of that time they have not found solutions for that and even now they should have those if they knew they should have those solutions at this point yep. i was hate rated in 2019 quite severely uh on both twitch and discord at the same time and that was mm. that was 2019 i it was the first time i've ever been called a slur because of my sexuality and it i was actually talking about it like i've got to the point now where i was talking about it like oh well you know this time round i've been relatively lucky but 
like it happened to me in 2019 and someone in my chat actually said no that's actually really bad the fact that it happened in 2019 and nothing has changed and now it's so much worse is actually really bad they've known this was coming they've known that maybe not in this particular way but they've known that it was a problem they've known that harassment was an issue they were too scared to implement a tag system that their entire well okay not their entire community um a large amount of their marginalized community were asking for um they knew that the reason that they didn't want to do that was because harassment was a problem how could they release that and then just be like okay hands washed and we're just gonna sit back now and not do anything i think the issue on twitch's part <clears throat> is any proposed changes that they would make anything that stops users from being able to create accounts is a barrier that they put in place that obfuscates yeah. the um the likeliness of people becoming paid customers and buying bits You're absolutely and right. and and the fact that they they would well again this i can't necessarily say that this is the truth but this is what's most likely in my mind at least the fact that they they would put um <laughs> that over the safety of of essentially their employees who are using their contractors yeah. who are using the platform is is insane to me yeah. they don't make money without us yep essentially um and again, even if we were to leave the platform, I know that's like a drop in the bucket because like all the large creators aren't being affected by this. Mm -hmm. This is why it's so important for the large creators to also take a stand to come out and say, hey, this is a real situation. It might not be affecting me, but I now that I know the severity of yeah. it and I'm not so ignorant as to say, oh, just turn on follow only mode every single stream and like disregard, destroy your stream every single stream. I actually want to get up and do something about it. And it's only until everybody stands together that that change happens. If we have large creators pushing back against this and saying, I'm only going to do it if so-and-so does it. Yeah. It's, it's the stupidest shit. You, you have so much power. You have so much yeah. power to help drive change. And you could be the person who affects other large creators on the platform to try and actually give a shit. It's just wild because I get... I get it that they're so big and that they're so out of it that they never, they don't know this stuff is happening. But then when it's brought to their attention, instead of actually acting on it, their reaction is to go, it's really not that big a deal. I feel like if you're mm. presented with something, I don't expect bigger streamers or bigger content creators to know everything that's happening to marginalized creators all the time. I don't expect that. But I do expect that when it's brought to your doorstep and people say, hey, we could really use your help, that you would at least have some empathy and not immediately go, uh, well, I mean, who cares what's happening to you people who have fewer viewers than I do or whatever. Like it, it Yeah. In ooh. some cases, these nobodies. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. so angry. I'm sorry. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. very disappointing. It's extremely disappointing. So how do we see what's the what 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 do we think the next sort of steps are? How are we what's the um support the boycott and maybe arrange more protests after that uh mm. somebody said that it would probably be far more uh, effective to actually i think this was devin nash actually was talking about it and and he's got some weird takes on the situation but he does seem like he actually wants to, to help but um one of the suggestions that he said was actually to do a protest where everybody actually streams at the same time and literally just puts up the same png with the list of points and the information mm. on what's going on to actually like to to draw resources from twitch and say hey this that literally is going to cost twitch money to stream out all these things concurrently and yeah. they're not making anything from it because if you're you've got that thing up there encouraging people to take their money away from the platform 
Twitch will apparently take more notice of that. So maybe that's on the cards in the future going forward yeah. as well, depending on what the response from Twitch is. If there's no response from Twitch, I feel like that's 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 coming, you know? Yeah. Um, mm, mm. And the only thing that you can do at the moment is encourage people to, you know, give you money outside of Twitch for a better cut. You yeah. know, I don't I can't necessarily. Well, it, the standard cut is 50 50 yeah. on Twitch. So they take a lot compared to other platforms. Getting people to move to other platforms to actually pay you, though, is is difficult in, on a, in of itself. But it is really um, hard because I feel like Twitch has intentionally made it so that you are rewarded for paying for a subscription, for example, through the emotes and everything, all of the kind of mm -hmm. special things that you get for being subscribed on Twitch um, mm. are far more appealing to a lot of people. And I understand because like, I, I can see the value I get from being subscribed to somebody whose channel I enjoy and the, the benefits I get from that over maybe some other platform. Mm. But at the same time, I think it is absolutely astounding that the standard cut is still 50%. And there's a lot yeah. of misinformation about it as well. There's a lot of people who don't understand that partners don't automatically get a higher cut. In fact, I don't think any partner, unless you reach a certain milestone, gets a higher cut. They apparently yeah, take away the ability like, to negotiate, which is interesting. I think, like, I was watching a video and they said it's like you have to get to at least thousands subs concurrent for a number of months before you can even approach them about changing your... Yeah, so apparently someone who did hit that approached them and got... Now, I don't know if this is true or if this is just the answer they got. Maybe it's not, like, across mm. the board. But the answer they got was essentially that you can't negotiate... You can't approach us anymore. We will approach you when we think that... Blah, 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 blah. And if that's true, mm. that is absolutely wild. And... The fact that we are experiencing this and then we're trying to also diversify where our income comes from and trying to diversify where we put our content out at the same time as realizing that other platforms take significantly smaller cuts than what Twitch does. Mm. And then when you try to talk about that at the same time, you get like people saying, oh, well, you're just greedy. Why is that greedy? I don't understand. Why is it greedy to ask for a fairer cut? I, I just don't. There's, there seems to be this idea that asking for, for money in general yes. is a bad thing. Yeah. And it's like it's, people it's wanting baffling. to be able to pay their bills is a bad thing. <laughs> How dare reason. you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 ridiculous. Like it's it's that whole, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps mantra. Like if you really wanted it, you would work harder, that sort of thing. Um, completely disregarding the, you know individual situations for people and the and, different experiences that different people and marginalized creators have because the experience marginalized creators have is completely different to anyone else exactly but that's never yeah, taken into consideration especially when you have a platform that's consistently promoting certain creators are uh, you yep. know mostly cis white guys uh who yep. are consistently put on front page yep. uh over and over and over again with 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 no diversity whatsoever there's no attempt at normalization of any other kind of creator those are the barriers that marginalized creators face. It's not just work harder and you'll get more money. It's okay, work harder than everybody else, plus get lucky enough to be seen mm -hmm. because the audience that you're after is not being like is is literally not being catered for on that platform. It's not being shown on that yeah. platform. What are you supposed to do? Yeah, like it's not like you can just sort of hack the mainframe and suddenly become the most promoted creator. That doesn't work that way. Like you could you mm -hmm. can you could work super hard every single day and it, it wouldn't necessarily make a difference it might but you can't guarantee that because it's not it's not in your hands at all part of it is luck 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is luck. On Twitch, it's luck. Definitely, um, yeah. Like, growing on different platforms is probably the best advice. Mm-hmm. But again, that is a lot of that's a lot of work. Yes. A lot of work. And I, I feel like marginalized creators the problem. a lot. Sorry. No, no. I, I just think, like, this is the problem when you, there's a monopoly. Yes, absolutely. This is absolutely. the problem when mm. there's nowhere else for you guys to go um, that has any what kind of... Thing? Like, I mean, Mixer, obviously, when it used to exist. Yeah. Um but even that was sort of like hovering on the border of crap anyway. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, I'm I'm genuinely shocked actually over the past two or so years that nobody's, I mean, I, I think chat mentioned something a while back, um, Altair or something. Yeah, that was mentioned. Um, that, um, I'm surprised that nobody's, some another company hasn't just chucked a load of money into this and gone, here we go, here's a solution. Well, like, I feel like this is exactly why Twitch doesn't feel the need to actually yeah. make any crazy changes. They're um, not worried. They're not That's worried right. because they're resting on they're resting on their laurels because there's when no you're sat on a monopoly, then it's competitor. Yeah. yeah, um, and I do feel like they're they're blind to the, what effect this is actually having on the platform. You know, they're blind to the the yeah. reputation, which is consistently seeming to go down the toilet. Because eventually, there's going to be nobody left. If it's not the marginalized creators getting hate, it's the gambling problems. If it's not the ga- and which they tried to like patch, and didn't mm-hmm. really solve that issue either. Um, if it's not that problem, it's going to be something else. So uh, Twitch needs to really pull its head out of its ass and make some changes and act like they care about their platform. Yes, I agree. And Good I, place the to leave thing that. I was just be- <laughs> sorry, sorry just before that, um, the thing I was going to say was that when we're talking about diversifying, sorry, I'm fiddling with my camera lens because apparently I need to fidget today. Um, Whenever we're talking about diversifying, people always say diversify your income, diversify your content. And marginalized creators have been doing that all along because, like, we have to. That's what we do. And it's hard work. It's a lot of work. And you're just saying, oh, just keep working harder. Just putting, keep putting more time into it. Your time will come. Mm-hmm. While, while you face more barriers, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, hate raids, which is another barrier that, that yeah. other creators Because people are not, like, I feel like those people are not taking into consideration the emotional and mental impact that that has as well. Apart from the fact that it impacts your growth. It's hard to see that much hate all the time. And people yeah, who say it's every not every single stream don't which then has an effect on viewership because viewership drops and you have to spend time dealing with it. Yes, because people also it's... don't want to watch you be hate rated. Like yes. no. no one wants to see that. Who wants to watch that? No, absolutely. No, it's, it's literally detrimental to any kind of growth whatsoever. And like the thing is, like a lot of creators don't care because it's not affecting Yeah, them. absolutely. I feel like we're going in circles though. So yes, let's, no, uh, you're let's completely right. Mm-hmm. Robin? Cool. Yes. Um, Kirsty, it's a time for a return to the spotlight. Um, obviously, you were here in March, so we're not going to run the whole interview thing again. We know who you are. You're fabulous. Um, Thanks. But uh, let, let's have a little catch up of, of what's happening. And uh, something quite exciting that links into the conversation we were having earlier uh, that's coming up tomorrow. So tomorrow I'm going to be playing Kiwi, which we were obviously talking about and listening to Bridie talk about earlier as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be playing with one of my friends who I play a lot of co-op games with, uh, often involving a lot of chaos and sabotage. So that's going to be fun. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. It looks really, really wholesome, which I I feel is something I really need right now, especially with everything that's going on. Having something that's just nice and chill and cozy and also chaotic at the same time. I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be really, really fun. So we're going to be playing that tomorrow at about 1 p.m. BST. 
And I am extremely excited to be able to butt slam on buttons and that be an actual core gameplay mechanic. That's going to be really cool. As a yeah, super cute little burb. Actually, um, yes. I like that the game looks so gosh darn cute. It really so. does. It, it does. I was watching um, Evolicious' stream of it. Um, it just looks so delightful. I didn't want to watch too much because I, I want to kind of go in with like super fresh eyes so that I'm surprised by everything because I love that. But it looks so adorable, which mm. is just what I need. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we need everything like that at the moment. Yep. This is like just wholesome, wholesome content. Yeah. Yeah. Wholesome content. Um, like I know you were last here in March, but for since then we've been missing out on pretty much everything. So between then and now, what have you been up to? How was your Pride Month? What was what was everything like for you? So I uh I've been indoors a lot. <laughs> like most oh, really? of us, I think. No, no way. <laughs> so it's been my Pride Month, I think I was hitting uh a bit of a wall just before pride like i think a lot of people in the lgbtqia plus community were uh of just kind of fast approaching burnout with everything that's been going on but i really wanted to still be there and still show up and still have a good time so my pride month was good but i tried to keep it relatively low-key this time because last year i took part in a lot of different events um i didn't raise for charity this year purely because i had just done a charity event the week or two before um for the fuck cancer charity um so i kind of wanted to give uh our community a little bit of a break but i am kind of looking into pursuing some relevant charities for maybe the next month or two because i'm due another charity event soon which i'm pretty excited about that's gonna be fun cool. well it's about to ask um I was going to say, can you let us in on what that is, or is that still in the works? Still in the works, because I have a couple of different... Like, I've raised money for the Trevor Project before. Um, I would like to raise money for Mermaids as well. Um, I have raised for a couple of different places, but I uh, Mermaids I've never raised money for, so I feel like it would be a nice thing to do this year as, like, something different. And then uh, I'm just double-checking, like, what other options there are as well, because I usually try to do a charity thing, like every couple of months um and i've mm. kind of slacked on it a little bit this year so i want to do something kind of big this year uh sort of autumn time and that'll be i think that'll be pretty good yeah do you ever get like approached by lots of all the, time. all the time i feel so bad me sometimes too. like i'll do i'll do like a charity stream and then somebody else will approach me i'm like well i also feel bad like i don't want to do charity streams back to back to back yeah exactly it feels like mm. i'm like milking my audience yeah exactly and i want to give them a break in between because like i feel like i'm mm -hmm. constantly going like hey could you maybe spare some money for this charity yeah. um i actually got a really weird email from a charity that i thought was kind of a uh like a just a canned kind of email that wasn't directed at anyone in particular but they sent me an email they didn't address it to me or anything they didn't say hi or introduce themselves they just literally attached a poster and I was like, this must mm. just be spam. And I kind of ignored it, thinking nothing of it. And then they followed up like, hey, Psyche. So I was wondering if you were interested. And I was like, oh my God, I feel really bad. <laughs> but at the same still, time, maybe some context say in your email. hi yeah. next time. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I get a lot of that. And I feel really guilty because like, I literally, I would say I get like five a week, maybe uh, approach me in my business email. And obviously I can't do all of them. Like none of us could. And it's so hard to no. say. 
well yeah i mean i i some I, most of the time i don't re reply to most of the emails that i've sent so, i don't yeah, reply I to all of them to be fair like if it feels like it's just kind of being gone out to like sent out to like a mailing list or whatever i don't generally reply to it unless they then follow it, up later but yeah i feel like that's the same with general sponsorships though if you get like a can thing which yeah. isn't really yeah. like detailed to you and they don't know your content they don't know what you're, you're about like it's yeah i don't do I really care about? Well, not care about charities, but do I really care about this offer, like the yeah. sponsorship offer, or if the if the company doesn't know me or? or yeah, absolutely. That's, I think that's fair. But yeah, I'm I'm excited because I I feel like I I don't know maybe this is not a general thing, but I feel like generally speaking, a lot of the people I know in the LGBT community are were hitting kind of like it's it's been a lot this year, <laughs> and there's been a lot going on the last couple of months. So like whenever it came to Pride Month, it was just kind of like. I really want to do something nice, but at the same time, I'm tired. So I feel like we kind of just had a fairly like cozy, quiet one this year. And maybe I'm hoping next year I'll be able to kind of go out a little bit more and be a little bit more loud about it, I guess, is a good way to put it. But um, yeah, I still feel like it was nice. And um, like I said, I, I want to kind of start organizing the next two or three charity events that I'm going to be doing for the rest of the year as well. I actually have Ooh. a super pertinent question okay. then. Um, just a quick one. Um, because like obviously the times that we're in, uh, stress can be like all over the place. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you do to like unwind? What do you, what do you do when you're not streaming? What do you do when you're so outside of streaming i i've started trying to read a lot more because i used to love reading and i find that in the last few years i haven't had the same focus that i used to have and i have now encountered the wonders of whisper sync so i can read on my kindle and then listen to the rest of the audiobook and it keeps it synced between the two which is great because i now have a book that i've had since 2013 that i haven't read and i'm slowly working my way through it i'm very slow but i'm i'm getting there and that's been really nice and i've sort of tried to uh because i do i i i'm very prone to stress and anxiety so i've been trying to come up with a routine that i feel works really well for me like be it uh, getting away from my PC as soon as I'm finished with streaming and going out for a mm. walk and then maybe having a bubble bath or whatever. Something to kind of like, I guess, take my my mind out of the moment and do something completely different. Um, and it's mm. been working for me because it's only been like the <laughs> it's only been like the last month or so that I've been actually trying to get that routine in place. But it's been helping a lot because I feel like I had this really bad tendency to just get up, finish work sit down on my sofa and then like not move for the rest of the evening and I didn't do anything of substance and I find that really not helpful with stress so this has definitely been a big change for me and it's just little things that have changed in my routine that I feel have kind of made a positive impact and I'm gonna keep trying <laughs> some healthy lessons some healthy yeah. lessons um, as always, we finish with quickfire questions. Now, okay. Kirsty, you've done the quickfire questions before. I've yeah. done the quickfire questions before um, because we had uh, a moment where we were guestless. So I think we can all see where this is coming. Uh, Mia, it's <laughs> your like turn. It's your <laughs> Wait, turn no. to do the quickfire oh. questions. I was wondering how this was going to work, and I, I, <laughs> I may not have read the, the script. But um, <laughs> shoot shoot then go ahead shoot okay cool um i'm putting some laws in place you can't say final fantasy um, <gasps> you can't and you can't say genshin oh that's easy that's fine i know you got bored with genshin anyway but yeah not doing final fantasy oh. Any right, i'm them. gonna i'm gonna remove the questions from my site too so i i don't 
Because like, yeah. What's been your favorite game this year? Oh jeez, this is hard. Oh my god. Oh, is this what this feels like? Oh no. Oh no. Oh, I'm panicking. Oh, I can't say Final Fantasy. You can't say Final oh, Fantasy. Oh damn. I can't even remember what I've played other than Final Fantasy this year. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. What came out this year? Um, it literally has been Final Fantasy 14 this year. I can't Fair. really say anything else because like that, that's that's it's literally it. That's literally my favorite game this year. Uh, most memorable game from your childhood. Oh, um, that would probably be Super Smash Brothers Melee or Pokemon. One of the two. Nice. Nice. Who's your favorite video game character? Um, Link from The Legend of Zelda. Cute. So not much of a character there, but it's like a self-insert. So it's like... Yeah. <laughs> uh, what game do you most want a sequel to? Oh, bloody hell. Um, again, I didn't prepare for these. Uh, what do I want a sequel to? I want the sequel to Final Fantasy VII Remake to come out faster than it is. So that's that. I will say that. <laughs> I see the law of Final Fantasy has been completely ignored. Um, who would <laughs> right, be your... Right, okay. Oh, something else. No, 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 no. Something else. Something else. Um, 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 I can't say Metroid because there's a new Metroid game coming out. Um, yeah. God damn it. Uh, uh, you know what? I will, I will, I will take a, another Mario Odyssey. Hmm. hmm. Um... Who would be your dream stream guest? You, Robin. Oh, no. um, every fortnight, uh, we're already I would, here. <laughs> I would love to have um, Shigeru Miyamoto on my stream. Cool. What would you do? What would you talk about? Uh, just how cool he is in games <laughs> development in general, I guess. And I probably wouldn't be able to talk. I'd just be there going. My <laughs> 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 um, child. What game are you most looking forward to coming out? Oh, um, Breath of the Wild 2, because I can't say Endwalker. <laughs> and you're going to love the next question. If you were marooned on an island, uh, what three games would you want to have <gasps> with you? And it's a high-tech island. I have to have Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> Come on. That's literally like so much gameplay in there. <laughs> Oh lord, yeah, this is difficult though. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm gonna have to say Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, one of the Legend. Oh, I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna say the Legend of Zelda GameCube collector's disc that had um nice. like Zelda one, mm. two, and like a bunch of others on there. Uh, yeah, and then other than that, probably I would take um something social like Among Us. Yes, because it's a really high-tech island that has chat function, but you're not allowed to mm. ask for help. <laughs> um, which well, game they'll, has... say, they'll say I'm the imposter and then it's pretty sus. So. <laughs> which, which game has the best soundtrack? <sighs> no. <laughs> Nobu Amatsu and Yoshi P are freaking gods, and if I don't say Final <laughs> Fantasy, it's... Okay, if I... Oh. <laughs> um... The, 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 that's the only answer though Final Fantasy has the best soundtrack like all the I can't say which games like all the games like as a series that there's like those those I don't think you understand those that music <laughs> makes me cry it's so good like, uh, someone said Chrono Trigger I never played Chrono Trigger sorry okay, <laughs> sorry it chat. has some good music I've, I've listened to it but I, I never played it so uh, Nia as well has been suggested in chat mm. I've not played that. Oh my god, really? This is going well. 
<laughs> I tried to play Replicant and and I just I didn't feel it. Like uh... I loved Automata, but anyway, I haven't played Automata, so I should... it was good. Um, and lastly, the best question of them all, because we all know the answer. But where can people find your content, and what have you got coming up on the channel? I feel like this shouldn't be for me. I feel like this should be for Kirsty, but I'll yeah, say it anyway. You, you can both do this one, actually. You can both do yeah, this yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you can find my content over at twitch.tv forward slash Meabyte. Um, I play a lot of Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's going to be a lot of that. i got to finish off 12 minutes. Um, there are so many games that I've been putting off to play. Obviously, Metro Dread's coming out next week, and that's going to be fantastic. So we're going to be, well, hopefully that'll be fantastic, but I'm a massive Metro fan, so let's... Uh, Hopefully that'll be good. Actually, Metroid has some really good music. Mm. And so does The Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can find that over at twitch.tv forward slash the Meabyte. Uh, the Meabyte? No, Meabyte. You can find me at twitter.com forward slash the Meabyte. And I'm also on TikTok, which I've been really trying to push for. Support me on coffee and Patreon and help me diversify <laughs> my income. Uh, but yeah. Um, Kirsty. Uh, so content? you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash psyche. Uh, I stream Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays at noon UK time, and uh, I'm on Twitter as Psyche Plays. And I'm actually on most things as Psyche Plays, except TikTok, where I'm Psyche Twitch because someone took Psyche Plays, and I'm very upset about it. Um, mm. Which I, I don't post a lot on there, but I did post one video of Subnautica Below Zero that did very well, so I'm like hopeful that that'll happen again sometime. <laughs> um, other than that, yeah, I'm going to be streaming Kiwi tomorrow, which mm -hmm. is Tuesday, the 31st of August. I know my dates. Um, and I'm also going to be playing a couple of like Actually, I'm going to be playing Undertale for the first time ever next week. Ooh, I've nice. never played it. I know nothing about it except that you don't have to kill anybody and that there's a really jazzy looking skeleton in it. Oh, and that its <laughs> fan base is incredibly passionate. That's all I know. Mm. So I'm pretty excited about that. So I'm going to be doing that Undertale for the first time has, next week. has some great music. I've too. heard yeah. that it has great music. I haven't listened to any of it. So I'm very excited for like a pure raw experience of that game. So it's going to be cool. That's pretty awesome. much me. Well, thank you, Kirsty, for joining us again today. Thank it's you. been an absolute pleasure having you back. Thank you also to Bridie, uh, who was on the show earlier from Sold Out Games. Have a fantastic stream tomorrow with Kiwi. Um, you. you are the last ever thing that's happening for DigiPride, so you're closing it out. You're closing I the show. <laughs> you're also the last guest on here for, for God knows that's, how long. So If I had known that, I would have been very intimidated, but I didn't know that until halfway through the show, so I didn't have time to be intimidated. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as always, it's been absolutely fantastic having you. Thank you for you're having me. Welcome. I really appreciate and, it. And you're always welcome yeah. back. So. And I will gladly come uh, back yeah. anytime you'll have me. Thank you. Hell yeah. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on this episode of the Gaming Podcast Live. And uh, thank you for joining us on this whole series. As as we just mentioned, this is the last episode for a while. And I'm getting really sad and emotional about it. I, <laughs> when are we um, back when are we back yeah don't when worry are we coming we, back, Robin? We, <laughs> we will be back in december with a gaming podcast live christmas special um followed by a gaming podcast live nominee special for the gaming awards 2022 which will take place in january so it's going to be two special episodes that will happen uh over the winter so one in just before christmas and then one early in january 
uh, with some really big, exciting news. Following that, there'll be a second series. Of course, there'll be a second series around the corner. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that we just need a couple of months off just to reset ourselves. Um, but as I said to you earlier, do not fear gaming is not going anywhere. It's getting bigger and better by the second. Um, and there's some ex- there were three announcements that are coming out between now and the middle of August um, that will literally change everything. Oh, exciting. Oh, that is very I'm pulling exciting. out a little Marvel moment there. <laughs> oh yeah, so yeah, we'll be back in a super big new happening. form with the uh, rebooted gaming yeah. podcast live in December. Absolutely, yeah. for a Christmas special. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to listen to any of these episodes back, uh, the Gaming Podcast Live is available on all good podcast platforms. And if you're listening and you want to watch these recordings live, you got to wait a long time. you got to wait till December. But you can head over to uh, Gaming Magazine's YouTube channel if you want to yeah. catch up on those and see our lovely faces. Uh, catch up on the series there. Uh, but in the meantime, until we see you again, don't forget to keep reading Gaming Magazine. Bye, Absolutely. Everybody. Take lovely care. Faces. See you all Bye. soon. Bye. Bye.